0: Hmm. Yamam pasyati sarvatra, sarvam cha mai pasyati, tasyam na pranasyami. Same, sam, sa, <coughs> sorry, sache samcha may na pranasyati. For one who sees me everywhere and sees everything in me, I am never lost, nor has he ever lost to me. Maganatrimanandasya um, Janajana salakaya. Chakshuran Militanyenitas, my shri I was born in the darkness of ignorance, but my spiritual master has opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my most respectful obeisances unto him. At this place in the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, the Supreme Lord Himself is revealing to Arjuna the topmost. Stage that's attained by the practice of the Eightfold Mystical Yoga System. So, all these different <clears throat> methods that different individuals are attracted to in order to attain the platform of self realization ultimately culminate in this stage of samadhi. And it's interesting in this purport uh, that Srila Prabhupada uh, quotes from Brahma Samhita the the topmost realization that that Lord Brahma, the creator of the universe, uh, arrived at after his mature meditation, after his mature yoga practice. If you remember uh, Brahma, he's basically in a shell, in complete darkness, and he's trying to seek out what is the what is the what is his purpose? He's, what, what am I here? What am I here for? What's this all about? What am I to do? He's he's sitting uh, on a lotus, and he, he first does what any of us would naturally do. He he tries to figure it out. He climbs down the lotus stem. He trot. You know where? What's the source of this? Where did I come from? What? What? what what's this all about? So, with his facilities, he first descends uh, the stem of the lotus. He tries to figure out what, what? What is this? Who am I? Why am I here? What am I to do? And unfortunately, his exploration doesn't yield any result. <laughs> he can't find the source of this, this seat that he's on. He, he climbs down. Can you imagine? You're sitting on the top of a huge flower <laughs> in darkness. So you, you naturally, well, let me climb down the stem. Let me, you know, I can, there's a stem here. And he goes down the stem. What's the source of this? How did I get here? So he climbs down and he can't. He can't reach the source. He can't figure it out. So he goes back up and he sits back down. <laughs> and at that time, he hears uh, an unembodied voice. It says, "Okay." He hears an unembodied voice and the simple instruction which he could understand: "Tapa." Tapa means austerity. Don't try to explore to come to the knowledge of why you're here and who you are and what you're to do. Exploration has not been successful to you. Papa, perform some austerity. Sit still and meditate. We know the conclusion of his meditation. He, He meditated For a sufficient time and in due course of time. The spiritual world. The world of the Supreme Lord himself. Was manifested in his heart. He meditated for a long time. Thousands of years. This didn't happen overnight. So he meditated. Huh? (laughs) Yes. Even his light. Which is longer than we can imagine. Uh, Billions of years. He finally saw the conclusion of his meditation as a spiritual vision which is manifest in his heart. Imagine, imagine that, that you can reach that level of, of realization. He actually experienced it wasn't a dream, it wasn't some some fantasy. He didn't think this is God, and this is the spiritual world, he experienced the Supreme Lord in his original form as Lord Krishna, Sima Sundar, blackish color, Sham, and he actually saw the Supreme Lord in enjoying, of course, the only way the Lord would enjoy, in complete happiness surrounded by his most intimate. Uh, rela relatives and lovers. The conclusion of this mature meditation and this vision of the spiritual world was relayed by Lord Brahma in a series of verses called the Brahma Samhita. Well, Brahma is the creator of the universe. Samhita is a song. He relayed what he experienced and that has been passed down to us through disciplic succession, and this is one of the verses. Primanjana Charita Bhakti There's so many verses, and in all these verses of Brahma Samhita, the, one is allowed to get a glimpse of Brahma's transcendental realization. In this verse, Sama Sundaramacincha In other words, the Supreme Lord's Rupa, his form, is that of Sundar. One cannot see the Lord until he's fallen completely in love with him. Now what's this mean? The pulp of love. What does that mean? Whose eyes are anointed with the pulp of love. Now, we have some experience of Some love in this world, of course. What is Lord Brahma referring to here? He's referring to the same kind of love that Krishna is referring to in this verse from the 6th chapter of Bhagavad Gita where he's relaying to Arjuna what is the culmination of perfect yoga practice. Perfect yoga practice for one who sees me everywhere. Now, We've had some experience of love. When you first fall in love, what 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 do you see everywhere? You see the beloved. <laughs> you see the beloved. When am I going to see her? Where am I going to see him? When am I going to be with him? When are we going to have a meal together? When are we going to go here? Where are we gonna, When are we going to get into? When are we going to do all these things? We're in love. We're seeing around us everything. We're going to our job, we're going to our school, we're going to do so many things, but we're in love. And what are we thinking of? We're thinking of our beloved. That's the kind of love, that's when our eyes are covered, right? With a pulp of love, which is what Brahma is referring to. The same love Krishna is referring to in this text. For one who sees me everywhere that doesn't necessarily mean that you're seeing your beloved directly, but you're seeing them in that your whole focus, your whole consciousness is on that object, that Supreme Love. Now, when our whole focus from the practice of yoga culminates in seeing the Supreme Lord Himself everywhere, That's the perfection of yoga practice that Lord Krishna is relaying in this verse. We can have some understanding of that topmost platform of samadhi, of trance. Now it's interesting that in in the verse that Srila Prabhupada quotes from Lord Brahma who is the head of the Sampradaya, Lord Brahma is talking about the Supreme Personality of Godhead in His original form. Now, the Lord's unlimited. He has unlimited forms. And he manifests these forms according to the loving desire of his devotees. So some devotees want to see the Lord in one way or in another way, and they're attracted to the Lord in that way. Just like in religions throughout this planet, we see that different cultures are attracted to the supreme in different ways, don't we? Like we see the Native American culture, they're attracted to seeing the Lord in nature, or to see seeing the influence of the Supreme through totems, through uh, through animals. Like you know, they feel that they're guided in their life by a particular you know manifestation of Lord uh, of of the Lord's energy, like a, a, you know, a bear or a wolf or a. A fox. That, in other words, they're they're attracted to that manifestation of the Supreme Lord's energy as available through material nature, through nature. So many religions. That I mean, of course, then you have like uh, Jewish culture. Jewish culture. They they say that God is so high, so so much above us that we can't even conceive of Him. Christianity, they see the Lord in His, well, they see a manifestation of the Lord as the supreme sacrificer. He loves us so much that He gave us His only begotten Son. Or, the Son is the Lord. Well, in a way, the Father and the Son, they have the same purpose, they're one. And the same, aren't they? In that culture, in that particular culture, seeing the Lord as that individual who is willing to sacrifice everything or that God who's willing to sacrifice His own Son for our benefit. That's their whole religion. The main point I'm trying to get at is also in our tradition as understood through the Vedas, which are coming down from Brahma, the Creator, after his mature vision and and actual seeing of the Supreme Lord in his own abode, in his original form, as Sundar, Govinda, Lord Krishna, that 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 is the goal of our vision of the Supreme Lord, is that young boy who's enjoying unlimitedly in loving exchange with his devotees. Now in the Purport, Prabhupada points out that actually the Vaishnava, who's coming like Lord Brahma, he's seeing the Supreme Lord as Simasundar. And the distinction is made between that vision of the Supreme Lord, that manifestation of the Lord, the Lord is unlimited. Unlimited manifestations is a little different Vision, because of knowledge than the vision that a yogi normally attains of the Supreme Lord in his heart as Lord Vishnu so the yogi in, this, in the traditional yoga sense in this practice that Patanjali is given this practice of Astanga Yoga generally he sees Lord Vishnu within his heart but at the end of the purport, Prabhupada synthesizes and says, but the loving exchange that's experienced ultimately renders the same result. So whether the vision be of the Supreme Lord, like Lord Brahma saw him through, through his mature meditation and actually glimpsing, having a glimpse of, of the of Goloka." the topmost level of the spiritual world, and that of the the practicing yogi who's perfected his life in samadhi, that vision results in the same ultimate realization of loving exchange with God. So Prabhupada says, In the case of the yogi who sees the Lord as paramatma within the heart, The same applies. The same as Lord Brahma's vision. Such a yogi turns into a pure devotee and cannot bear to live for a moment without seeing the Lord within himself. So we can imagine that through mature practice of yoga to actually come to the platform of of experiencing and seeing the Lord on the lotus within the heart that you're so enthralled by that vision, by that experience. And that's what's, what it's really about, isn't it? We practice yoga, we, we take to the process of Krishna consciousness, not because it's some great religious practice, or it's, uh, it's for some, our moral upliftment, or for any material gain. A true transcendentalist, a true spiritualist, has no desire for such gain. He wants to come to the platform of experiencing the Supreme. Now that experience may be different based on the desire of the practitioner. And again, the same verse, I'll repeat, brahmeti, paramatmeti, bhagavan iti, sabjate. According to the desire of the practitioner, some are content in their experiencing of the Supreme simply in the effulgence of the Lord, Brahman, his energy. They want to merge in that energy. They want to get out of the suffering of material world. They want to merge in the Lord's energy. They want to become God, so to speak. Of course, they can never be God, but to them, there is no personality to the Supreme. Whoa. Whoa. Well okay, we're not going to how much can we discuss this? What a foolish What a foolish, foolish idea that they come to. You're a person, I'm a person. Everything that we've experienced. everything that's in our experience is based on personal inner relationships. Well, their point is, yeah, and everything that you experience in this world ends up in misery. So all these relationships here that come because of contact with this material energy, all these relationships bring misery to me. Adiotmic, adi divic, adibaltic. Miseries created by my own mind and senses, miseries created by other living entities, the mosquitoes come, the snakes come, whatever, the elephant, whatever may come and eat us up. <laughs> Or the the uh, uh, capitalist can come and steal all of our money. <laughs> That's another living entity of a sort. <laughs> we're suffering. We're suffering for our own mind and senses. We're suffering from other living entities, and we're suffering because of higher authority. What's that mean? Higher authority? Well, when the tornado comes, when the hurricane comes, well, you and I didn't make it, but it's coming anyway. Somebody made it. And we're suffering because of it. Our house may get blown away, our family can be destroyed, our whole business can be wiped out in a, in, a, in a couple of hours. The forest catches on fire and the forest fire comes, and then all of a sudden, even though I have a multi-million dollar mansion in the in the hills of California, it's gone. Poof in an instant. Wow. I just got out alive. <laughs> I go back the next day and there's nothing left. My whole life is destroyed. Guess what? Your life's not destroyed because you weren't the house. But I'm so much invested in this house. So we've talked so much about our involvement and how material nature tricks us into thinking this is us and this is mine. These miseries are there. So the impersonalist is thinking, my gosh, all these interrelationships, where my own mind and senses drive me crazy and, distort and, and give me all kinds of anxieties. My own body is, is always giving me some misery. What is Well, it may be okay today, but believe me, the older it gets, there's more and more misery coming. Uh, eventually, it's going to get really miserable. So miserable, we have to get the hell out. <laughs> we can't take it anymore. So the soul leaves the body. It's that, it becomes that unbearable. Anxieties, suffering from the body, suffering from the other living entities, suffering from higher authorities, that's all there. And transcendentalists think if there's any involvement with anybody else, that can't be a good thing because wherever I've, whatever I've experienced in this world has resulted in misery. So therefore, the ultimate transcendental position must be one without personality. It's just the energy. Let me emerge into that spiritual energy. Brahmaiti Brahman. Paramatmeti, the main focus of this chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Paramatma, coming to a realization of our true spiritual self, which is separate from this body, and also the fact that I can have, I have knowledge that a higher self. There has to be something higher. I didn't make the world. I didn't make the water. I, didn't, I don't create the air. I don't, didn't create the sun. I'm not a fool here. I mean, I didn't make any of this stuff. But here I am, and there has to be somebody who put it all together. And by my maturity in, in yogic meditation, I can experience that someone within my heart that living entity that's there with me, that's providing for me at every step, that's guiding me at every step. That paramatma, that supreme, that manifestation of the Supreme Lord that's with all of us all the time. So, brahmeti, paramatmeti, bhagyavan And separate from that individual person who's residing in the hearts of all living entities and within my own heart, he also is the supreme and he has his own separate existence. The Lord has his own place. He has his own associates. And we can be one of those associates. We can, if we so desire, give up this place and go to that place. And that is the perfection of yoga practice. Main point here in this verse is ultimately the yogi who actually gets to see the Lord in his heart falls so much in rapture. We can imagine just what that must be like. He falls so much in rapture with the Lord, in love with the Lord, that he cannot think of anything but God. And he comes to the same platform transcendentally and he has the same transcendental detachment from sense gratification from material enjoyment as the practicing Vaishnav that's aspiring to go and live and serve the Lord personally in the spiritual world now of course Prabhupada also touches on the purport, that, that that once one has reached that level of transcendental awareness Going to, the, going to some other world to experience God is actually not necessary. That's explained as we go on to the next verses. Such a yogi who engages in the worshipful service of the super-soul, knowing that I and the super-soul are one, remains always in me in all circumstances. Just so we understand, Bhagavad Gita is spoken by the Supreme Lord Himself who had manifested himself in this world for the benefit of his devotees. And Arjuna is actually on a chariot with the Lord himself. So the Lord's explaining to Arjuna, the yogi sees me in his heart just as you are seeing me face to face on this chariot. So he's making that point clear in this verse. Such a yogi who engages in the worshipful service of super soul, the Lord within his heart, that super soul within his heart, knowing that I I and the super soul are the same. The Lord within your heart and the Lord that you're seeing right here speaking to you face to face on this battlefield, we're one and the same. They're just different manifestations of my personality, of my being. He is the perfect yogi who by comparison to his own self, sees the true equality of all beings in both their happiness and their distress. O oh, Arjuna! Through his practice of yogi, yoga, he's come to, a, to the topmost understanding that all living entities, in essence, in their essence, in their true being, are the same I may see you you may have this body or this body I may see the dog he's got a body, the elephant the dog, I may see Krishna's already touched upon this you can see but you need to see that they're all equal it's just a soul within a body the body is a circumstance of the laws of karma a circumstance of desires, a circumstance of errant desires, a circumstance of bad decisions on the part of the soul to try to exploit this material world for their enjoyment. But in essence, all those various living entities are the same as my very self. That's real intelligence. That's intelligence to see in that way but the interaction may still remain different. Yes, because he doesn't of, say you merge with the person. Because of the covering, also, you know, you covering or not covering, we always remained individuality. Krishna said in the second chapter: "Never was there a time when you did not exist, nor I, nor all these kings, nor in the future shall any of us cease to be." So the individuality is now and it will exist eternally. But we see that the individuality in that individuality still in essence we are all the same. We are all a fragmental portion of the Supreme Lord. And of course in our understanding this topmost understanding we understand the concept of a Chinta beta, beta, tattva. Simultaneously, one and different. That we are all part of the Supreme Lord. We are all an expansion of His energy. But still the Lord has His own existence separate from our existence and we have our own existence separate from His. Our existence is fully dependent on His. If He doesn't provide His energy in this material world, if he does not provide these ingredients of the material world, there's no way that we can, we can be in a material body. So he explains earth, fire, air. These things are my separated material energies. So the Lord has explained. He has three energies there's himself, there's all of us who are expansions of his spiritual potency. And he also has a material potency that's separate. That's inert. that's basically doesn't have animation. It doesn't have that spiritual spark. Until the Lord impregnates us into that, that separated energy. Once the souls are impregnated, then we're given a whole field of activities. And... Based on our activities, we experience the actions and reactions and we have so, many, so much diversity of material bodies. From the worm and stool to the highest controlling God of the universe. From, to Lord Brahma, the creator, creator of the universe. Of course, the Lord himself is the ultimate creator, but just like anybody who has so much of everything... Why do it yourself if you can, you know, find somebody that's and give them the energy to do it himself, themselves. The Lord He He keeps a distance from his his external material creation. But he still oversees. But the one thing that's interesting is that he oversees in such a way that once we become frustrated, he has such love for us because we are his parts and parcels once he sees that first beginning of frustration and how do those frustrations come how does that how does that that inquiry come he also has explained in bhagavad gita we become we become distressed you can see anybody when they get in, when there's real distress when the stuff really hits the fan always there's crying out for god what does that say in a foxhole, there are no atheists. <laughs> when there's the death of the dearest friend, there's no atheist. You can be an, a, a devout atheist your whole life, but believe me, when that person that is the most dear one to you in this world leaves before you, there's no atheist there is there there's always that crying out God why have you done this to me or where are they or you know one wants to see God when you're put in distress when you really need to uh, to get your life together materially no money cry out to God please so Krishna points out in the Bhagavad Gita four kinds of people approach their spiritual life Those that are in distress, those that are in want of opulence, of wealth, those who are simply inquisitive, like Brahma was at the beginning of of being in that universal shell, coming on from the lotus of the Supreme Lord's navel. Why am I here? Where did I come from? What's this all about? And then the wise person, the person who has carried some wisdom, from one birth to the next. They've already begun their spiritual life and now they're ready to take it up again and continue. So these four classes of people, they approach the Supreme Lord. And for the rest, oh, there's this material world. Eat, drink, and be merry, so tomorrow you may die. Yeah, tomorrow you are going to die. Eat, drink, and be merry and everybody that you eat for your enjoyment all the merriment you have at another person's expense, all that you do in this world in an animalistic way, unfortunately, you're going to have to pay the price. It doesn't mean that the Supreme is, is, uh, is uh, is not concerned for everybody in the best of ways. He wants the best for everyone. But not everyone takes his advice. Not everyone takes to spiritual culture. Not everyone takes shelter of religion or scripture. And some people are just content just to be the most vicious, animalistic, sinful people that simply inflict pain and misery on someone else. Don't think you're going to get away with it. Material nature is not like that. You may not be persecuted by man's law, but you're not going to get away with it in in the eyes of the Supreme. And similarly, all those good things you do, those are not going to go unnoticed. But ultimately, going up to the heavenly planets because of your good deeds or going to hellish planets and suffering because of your greed and avarice and murder going to high or low from the highest to the lowest all these planets on this plane on this material plane which is independent of a loving exchange spiritually with the lord these things are never going to give us full satisfaction there'll be some satisfaction but we'll never be fully saturated in transcendental love That is the whole process of Krishna consciousness, God consciousness. How can I get saturated in that blissful exchange with the Lord? Perfect yogi, he sees your predicament and my predicament and his predicament and the dogs and the cats and whatever. Every living entity that we see is in the same predicament, just different situations. I may not have done things so well in my last life that I look like Brad Pitt now. (laughs) But still, Brad Pitt and I, we're still souls. And next life, I may be beautiful and have the most gorgeous woman, and he may be like me. But really, from a spiritual platform, the same. Same living entity. Just different circumstances based on our own personal activities within this energy, within this external energy. We're in this energy, the Lord is not looking out for us, He's waiting for us to look to Him. But He has His agency to make sure that everything goes on nicely. He has His laws, He has the laws of nature. If I misuse what He's given to me, it'll be taken away. It's just common sense. The way this world works is so much just common sense. I'm going to try to finish real quick. It's already 9 o'clock. I could go on all night. You could go on listening all night. That's our process. But basically, Arjuna, now now the question comes. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is not going to work for me. I'm a fighter. You've got... Here I am on a battlefield... And this is just one thing that I'll I'll (laughs) touch on that Vishwanath Chakravarti points out in his commentary on this chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna's like, you want me to be a yogi and see everything, everybody equal. We're all equal, we're all spirit soul. But you're telling me to engage in this warfare. Now how can I go over there and get into a battle with Duryodhana how can I do that if, if I'm looking at, at him in the, with the vision that you've just recommended is that vision of a perfect yogi? In my whole life, I've only been a warrior. I've only known war. I've only known this, this administration of, of the population according to a particular standard in society. Now you've recommended that I go off and practice this yoga, but then of course I asked you if I could go off and practice yoga and you said no. Don't do this. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a yogi. <laughs> so he's saying, now he's going back to Krishna. Yes, I'm not a yogi. Now why are you telling me again this, of this practice of, yogi, of yoga? And if I take up this practice and I see everybody equally, how am I going to be able to fight in this battle and do your bidding? Because basically Krishna has asked him to engage in this battle and rectify the the sinful leadership in the face of the planet. He goes on and, and he has some very valid questions. Basically, for me, I don't see how I can do this yoga. The mind is always giving us trouble. It's always restless, turbulent. To control the mind more difficult than the wind. Take me forever to get this yoga down. I just can't see how it's going to be possible. And Krishna gives some an encouragement. And it's funny when he starts to give his encouragement, he, he points out that Arjuna's mother, Kunti, look at what she, look at what your mother could tolerate, all the atrocities, all the difficult lifestyle. And we've touched upon the difficult lifestyle the Pandavas had growing up. So Kunti, she withstood all those difficulties. And she still kept her mind focused on me in love, So you should always do lo- You should also do like that. And if you don't do like that, self-realization is going to be a real difficult thing, right? Text number 36: "For one whose mind is unbridled, self-realization is difficult work, But he whose mind is controlled and who strives by appropriate means is assured of success. Ah, the key. Arjuna gives a key. I mean, Krishna is giving Arjuna a key by appropriate means. What is the means of spiritual realization for the practicing yogi? And what is your means for spiritual realization may not be the same. Arjuna's means of attaining the topmost platform of love for the Supreme and that means that's employed by the yogi who can go off. That's not the same. Then Arjuna goes on to say, What happens if I if I try, even though according to my own means? And of course Arjuna's means is to follow Krishna's direction and and give up his give up his desires for the Supreme Lord's desire. Just like Lord Jesus, you know, why if why? have you forsaken me? Similarly, is there. He's, Why are you telling me to kill my, 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 my own family in this, in this fratricidal war? What if I try to do it, either by the yoga means or by some other means, whatever way that has been given to me to attain self-realization, and I've done what I could to the best of my ability with full faith. What if it doesn't turn out successful? What if I can't see God in my heart? What if I can't follow your instruction? Is that it for me? Am I finished? Would it have been better if I never did anything at all? And Krishna goes on. that uh, Krishna, in the last verse for this week, is, is text 40. The Supreme Lord said, O son of Prita." A transcendentalist engaged in auspicious activities does not meet with destruction either in this world or in the spiritual world. One who does good, my friend, is never overcome by evil. What's meant here is once we have truly turned to the Supreme and expressed any sincere, faithful desire to advance ourselves spiritually. To come to the platform of love for the Supreme Lord. To come to the platform of spiritual realization. Of our true constitutional spiritual position. As servant of the Lord. Once we come to that platform. Of desiring that in any way. Shape or form. Once we come to that. The Supreme Lord takes notice of our desire and our life becomes successful. It may not be successful immediately. It may take some time. But ultimately, we will become successful. I'll stop there. Is there any questions? I see the is here. I'm sorry I've gone on so long this evening. Questions? Corrections. You said Krishna takes, you know, different forms to way depending on uh, how we want to love him. So yes. To yes. Is it also the case how you will serve your spiritual master? What do you mean, with so his you, form? You, let's say if you you have a certain kind of rasa to God is it also would it be also the way you will serve your spiritual master? no, 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 spiritual master is also always in the position of a mentor who's giving spiritual instruction so we don't have we don't have a, a rela- we have a relate a loving relationship of service pari prasnena we serve, we take instruction and we serve our spiritual master in a loving way but it's not like that those exchanges of love with the spiritual master are going to mature to the level of, of our love for the Supreme Lord. No. Because it says supposed to, he's supposed to be honored as much as the Supreme Lord. He's honored Lord. as much as the Supreme Lord, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But once but as far as our our loving exchanges exchange with the Lord, our exchange with the spiritual master is always one of service and surrender. We're always subordinate to the spiritual master. Actually, we, could, we can come into such a loving exchange with the Lord that we forget his supremacy and love him as a subordinate, like a child. Or love him as a lover, as an equal. Or we may play with God as a friend. But with the spiritual master, our relationship is always one of service and surrender.